0: What's up? It's Willie McGinnis, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, and I'm hanging out with my man Chris Palme, okay? Chris does a podcast, 30 Minutes Live with CDP Podcast every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and his YouTube channel. Make sure everybody tunes in, okay, to my man Chris Palme's podcast. Again, it's every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Make sure you guys check him out.
1: Hey guys, what's up? Uh, welcome to 30 minutes live with CDP. Uh, thanks for coming on this Wednesday, May 12th. I'm just waiting for my guest, uh, Pat Gregor from cool bet Canada and from uh, a color analyst from the, uh, national Cross leagues, hello facts, uh, Thunderbird to join us. So just bear with me guys. And Pat should be on very shortly. And, um, I'm looking forward to speaking to Pat tonight. Oh, hi, Mark. How you doing? Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, one sec, guys. I'm going to have Pat on shortly. Uh, I'm just going to bring him on, just waiting for him to come on. And uh, I just will post the picture of him. And this is Pat Rad here. Uh, I met Pat about a year and a half ago uh, with Elite Sports Tours on an a Eagles Packers trip to Lambeau Field, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I uh, befriended Pat then, and I've been talking to him ever since. So I really appreciate Pat coming on tonight. He's going to talk about the, the National Lacrosse League and uh, about Cool Bet Canada and uh, maybe some NFL news, too. We have the NFL uh, 2021 schedule being released uh, tonight at eight o'clock. It's already been leaked out a little bit. So but uh, yeah, like I said, guys, just bear with me and hopefully Pat will be here with us shortly. And uh, I really appreciate Pat coming on tonight. And since we're waiting for Pat, you can check out the National Lacrosse League at uh, www.nll.com or just, na- just Google National Lacrosse League. And Pat's here right now. One second, guys. I'm going to bring Pat right on. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good, Chris. How are you doing? Good. No, there was no issues getting on? absolutely not
2: man uh i've uh, i use streamyard for uh some of my content with uh, coolbet canada and then of course uh with the lacrosse flash a uh, a website that uh, i contribute to as well so we use that so uh i'm not quite a pro like you but uh i'm starting to get used to, to the streamyard
1: yeah, I really like it a lot. I like it better than Zoom. The only thing I've been told about it is if you don't use a, it doesn't seem to work as well if you don't use uh, Google Chrome. That's what I've been told.
2: Okay, I'm I'm a I'm a Google Chrome guy, so I haven't uh haven't any issues yet. So uh, I enjoy it. Um, I, I think it's great. And uh, this isn't a commercial for for uh, Screamyard or anything, but I enjoy it for my content. I enjoy it for for watching your podcasts. Uh, each and every week. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a good product. So anyone at home look, thinking about starting their own uh, podcast or creating their content, I highly suggest using it.
1: Oh, definitely. Like I said, so, and I like the fact that I can post my little openings with William McGinnis and and Sal Capaccio and uh, Joe Bowen on here as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I know that that's that's another bonus for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. The music thing I'm not going to be able to use because I think there's a copyright thing with Facebook and I'm not going to take a chance on my uh, podcast getting taken down for copyright. So the music thing one day I'll have to hopefully I'll be able to add some kind of theme song to my podcast one day.
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing you can look into, there's uh, there's a lot of non-copyright music as well. So uh, okay. I would look into some of that. that. That's definitely an option that you can use for sure.
1: Okay. Uh, before we get into anything, is it okay if I just show a, a two-minute clip? Because I wanted to bring this up with you because you're the uh, lacrosse expert, and I was going to show a little video clip of, uh, I guess, the Toronto Rock announcing they're moving to Hamilton. Is that okay?
0: Absolutely. A, no a, problem. The 2 minutes
1: Two-minute video clip, and i just going to put it on here. This clip is courtesy of CHCH in Hamilton. So give me one second, and we'll just bring it right up here.
3: Respect to the people in Hamilton. We all know that. But you know, Can you uh, hear it okay, Pat? The, the, the Loud and clear. Of, a lot okay. of people would look at you and think you're talking about Bermuda or something like
0: that. Sports fans in Hamilton had passionate reactions on social media. Hamilton is in Toronto. Change the name to Hamilton. Based out of Hamilton while calling it Toronto, as a Hamiltonian, I'll pass. It's definitely more about The Rock than it is Toronto.
2: The Rock prides itself on a rich tradition, Um, you know, six championships, a pillar in
0: the NLL, um, and, you know, that's The Rock brand. Mayor Fred Eisenberger was thrilled The Rock will play in the city.
3: Lacrosse is a great sport with great fans, and I'm certain they will receive a very big, very loud Hamilton welcome. The Rock have signed a
0: five-year contract to play their home games at First Ontario Centre with the option for a multi-year extension after that. Scotiabank Arena, the most expensive facility in the country, had been The Rock's home for many years. But the lease expired and moving to Hamilton could save the team well into six figures while boosting the bottom line.
3: doesn't kind of match up with, with our business model and, and, and make financial sense for us to do any longer. It is a business, and, and, you know, the business model wasn't working.
0: The Rock are planning to play nine home games in Hamilton during the 2021-2022 National Lacrosse League season.
3: From when they pull up to park their car and they pay $10 instead of $40, and when they buy a beer and they pay $5 instead of $20. I mean, it's not just for us. it, It just works better with who we are. And, and, and our business model and what we do. Being at
0: First Ontario Centre allows The Rock to pick the best dates for home games the franchise prefers to play on Saturday nights.
3: If people want to talk about us because of the name, you know, the, the, the talk about us. You're going to see what we're doing, and, and I don't think people aren't going to be able to buy into, you know, the, the experience and the value of, of coming to check us out.
1: Anyways, Pat, I just wanted to get your two cents on that.
3: Yeah, you know what? First off,
2: um, it, it's kind of been tough. Uh, I've been sitting on this this news for a little while. Of A few of uh, the lacrosse insiders, if you will, or uh, some of the broad, broadcasters found out about this a few months ago. And uh, it was kind of shocking, to say the least. Um, but hearing Jamie Dowick, the, the owner of the Toronto Rock, explain... Uh, why they're moving to Hamilton, I I totally agree. It totally makes sense. Hamilton's a great city Um, when it comes to, you know, supporting their sports. I think it it makes sense. I think the National Lacrosse League, you know, always should have been looking towards the Steel City uh, to add a team. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer. The issues for me is, one, you now lose Toronto – um, a team in Toronto, yes, there will still be called Toronto. That's the other issue that I'll get to. And uh, the gentleman in that report as well was 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 talking and a lot of people in Hamilton are talking about it, but you just lose having an actual team in one of the biggest markets in North America and the biggest market in Canada. And there's so many great memories uh, the Toronto Rock have, uh, you know, in those historic buildings, whether it be the Maple Leaf Gardens uh, where, where they first uh, originated once they moved uh, into Toronto, or even the Air Canada Centre and the Scotiabank Arena. Uh, I mean, the reason why I got into lacrosse is because I fell in love with the Toronto Rock, going to games down at Scotiabank Arenas, watching it when it used to be on Sportsnet and TSN. Uh, and now that you move to Hamilton, you're still going to have the history, you're still going to have the branding of the Toronto Rock, Um, But you don't really have that team in Toronto. But the biggest issue for me, and I don't want to say myself, uh, but I think what will be the biggest issue for the people of Hamilton is supporting a team that's named Toronto. As you know, there is a historic rivalry between Toronto and Hamilton, especially with people uh, from Hamilton. You know, Hamilton Tiger Cats against the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, that that is a rivalry that has been on for for many years. And people from Toronto don't. Uh, I, I think there's de- if you're if, let me get this straight. So if you're a CFL fan, if you're a Argonauts fan, yes, then you do do not really like Hamilton, but. You know, persons, people from Toronto, there's not really that animosity for people from Hamilton. And I'm not saying people from Hamilton have the animosity for the people in Toronto, uh, but they want to make it clear that, you know, they're from Hamilton. They're not from Toronto. Because yep. when I go down to the States and someone asks me where I'm from, yep. I don't say I'm from Ajax. I say I'm from Toronto. But yep. when people go down to the States and they say they're from Hamilton, You know, they're from Hamilton. They say they're from Hamilton because they're proud. It's a much bigger city. Um, And this is a place that, you know, was in consideration to have an NHL team, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So it's obviously a big enough city where it can, you know, support professional sports. So I think they just feel that Jamie Dowick and the Toronto Rock are... I don't want to say embarrassed, but they don't want to lose that Toronto moniker because they don't aren't proud to be, to be moving to Hamilton. And I don't know if that truly is the case, but I can understand why the people from Hamilton are feeling this way. Uh, I, the thing though, I think what they should have done. And again, I, I see Jamie Dowick's reasoning behind it, but why not just go with the Ontario rock that way? Because he's going to bring
1: that I, yeah.
2: I was hey, going to bring that up. Yep.
1: Yeah. Sorry. If you go,
2: no, 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 no problem, Chris. If you go with Ontario, you're representing the whole province, which he said multiple times in that press conference and other media availability throughout the entire day, and even including today. Instead, now you have—I don't want to call it a PR nightmare—but now you you have this case where you know they're now going to have to battle against these Hamilton, uh, these you know homegrown Hamilton potential fans because they feel like they got disrespected on day one. And that's going to be a challenge for Jamie Dowick and the entire Toronto Rock um, organization. I think they... I know when people from Hamilton go into that building, they are going to fall in love with the game of, of lacrosse. And like I said, I, I think Hamilton makes a lot of sense. It, you're, you're you're central to a lot of other areas in Ontario. You're close to the border with Buffalo, so you can build a you know even more of that rivalry. You'll have more people coming across the border. Um, it revitalizes a, a city that you know is starting to try to you know, revitalize themselves in Hamilton. There's so many positives to it where I think that this, this small negative is now becoming a major negative and something that it has just, it's just started the relationship on the wrong foot. It's like, and it's unfortunate.
1: Well, can you imagine when the Belleville Bulls moved to to Hamilton, and they kept, and let's say they kept the name the Belleville Bulls? I don't think that or Belleville Bulldogs. I don't think that's going to work. I I really agree with what you pat. You answered all my questions here. They can keep the same colors. They can keep the logo, but I think they really should have called it the Hamilton Rock, or like you suggested, uh, the Ontario Rock.
2: Yeah, of course. And that's a big thing as well. And I don't think the people from Hamilton maybe necessarily realize, but Jamie Dowick, uh, the owner of the Toronto Rock, also owns a lot of lacrosse entities that uses the Toronto Rock branding. There's the Toronto Rock Athletic Center in Oakville, Um mm-hmm that where they practice out of they run a lot of minor lacrosse camps uh leagues a lot of things uh at the 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 grassroots level comes from there um there's the the rock elite league which is a, a junior league during the winter uh to develop because obviously you know in winter in canada hockey is king so there's not too many facilities that you can play lacrosse um You know in in Ontario, so that's uh, an opportunity for them to continue to build their skills So there's a there's a you know a magnitude of other things so it would cost some money for him to completely change that branding, but I still think if you go with the Ontario Rock, like you said, Chris, you don't have to change much. All it is is you're changing one name. You're still representing Toronto. Now you're representing Ontario, and you're still keeping the history, because as as we talked about, I believe, the last time I was on, the Toronto Rock are uh, you know, they're tied for most championships in NLL history with six. They are an illustrious program, uh, and I think that's one thing that I he didn't want to lose. But if you just change the name to Ontario uh, and you're still The Rock, you still hold those championships, you can hang the banner still. And the, the thing that I didn't even really bring up, and I understand why he's, he, he's moving to Hamilton, is uh, he was basically just renting out the Scotiabank Arena. He was getting no concessions. He was getting, you know, no kickbacks for, for parking, anything of that nature. Basically, all the money that he was earning and, and the organization was earning was from ticket sales and merchandise. And they would have to, you know, bring in 12,000, 13,000 just to break even. And unfortunately, with the Toronto sports landscape, that's just not likely to happen um, just overnight, you know. Many moons ago, when I first started watching The Rock, yes, they were selling out. Uh, Maple Leaf Gardens during playoffs would be full and some of the championship runs they had, but there's just so many other options now, and plus, you're battling for dates with the Maple Leafs, yep. the Raptors, um, you're also some games, some Marlies games, the Marlies sometimes play there for those family games where they're playing on a Sunday afternoon or even some of the uh, PA days, they'll, they'll do stuff like that, so... They're a third tenant at that building. So now when they go to Hamilton, all they really have to worry about is is the Bulldogs and they also just concert. So they'll have an opportunity to get the prime nights that they want to get. And that, and so, again, I, I, I totally agree. I would have maybe liked to see them try Coca-Cola Coliseum. I was going to that.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that.
2: But... Is it uh, not big enough. He's he For what he believes that they would like to have is it's just not big enough. I think with standing room only, it's about eight and a half thousand, which is still great because you'd sell out every single game. It would become the hottest ticket in town. People would want to go. You create the the, the need for the ticket. It's not just like, ah, yeah, I guess I'll go to the rock game. I'll go to the box office. Now you have to order your tickets, you know, uh, well in advance. So I don't think that would have been a bad idea, but I see, I'll see his side. He wants to dream bigger than just eight thousand fans a game, so the Hamilton move makes total sense. I, I get it. I've said. I, I think I, I've said enough, but I will say the whole Toronto Hamilton name thing. I hope it doesn't become a bigger issue. Uh, but the way that this this uh, new relationship has started, I, it's not looking great. But I hope the people—if anyone from Hamilton is watching, or if I have an opportunity to talk to someone from Hamilton—I said just give it a chance, because when you go inside that building and you watch those athletes on the floor, you will absolutely fall in love with the game.
1: Well, like I said, um, originally this is kind of ironic too. That franchise actually started out in Hamilton in the uh, early '90s. They were the—I think they were the Hamilton Raiders. Yeah, the
2: Ontario Raiders Raiders. they they were there one for one year and it wasn't the most successful uh you know they didn't get a ton of fans they moved to Toronto and but they were also you know they had a great backing Bill Waters uh was was the president of that team they had um you know it was a really good relationship so they they were in a better spot now I think them going into Hamilton I think it, it has a lot of potential um to be a landmine and I think Yes, the NLL to be to take it to the next level, they do need to be in the big markets, which they do have some teams in some big markets. But with that being said, and I can speak to it being, you know, uh, involved with the Hamilton Thunder, uh, the uh, Halifax Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds. they're a small market. They have completely embraced that team. Saskatchewan Rush, they are another, you know, in Saskatoon, smaller market, hottest ticket in town. Uh, They support that team so much. Um, I, I, I think in the last three, four years, they've been number one in, in attendance. Uh, and, and so the small markets, or I, I don't even want to say small markets, let's call them medium markets. Those I think are are very vital uh, for success for the National Lacrosse League. But with that being said, at the same time, you do need those big city names for you know new fans to realize that you know this isn't a minor professional league. This is the best in the world. You've got to have those some of those bigger city names. So I think that's also where maybe Jamie's thinking that you know if they're called Hamilton, um, some people outside of the game might just think it's you know minor pro, whereas it's the big city name. But who knows? Um, but I-, I wish all the best. Uh, to the Toronto Rock. Like I said, I grew up a Rock fan. Obviously, now I'm with the Thunderbirds, but uh, uh, Jamie Dowick has done some unbelievable things for the game of lacrosse. Um, so I, I hope everything works out. I hope that Hamilton fans give the Rock a chance and maybe, who knows, maybe in a couple of years, maybe next year they go to Ontario and and things are fine and, and they become a very sec- successful and, and healthy uh, organization in the National Lacrosse League.
1: My concern with Hamilton is I know the Tiger Cats attendance has gotten better the last 10 years since Bob Yogg took them. But I know when the uh, AHL Bulldogs were there and the OHL Bulldogs, are uh, the OHL now, uh, they've had trouble drawing people there. So uh, it's going to be critical that they, they market this team properly and they try to get the best home dates possible to get yep. people out there. Because I think Hamilton – uh, you have to work at it. You can't just say, "Hey, we're the Toronto Rock. Come see us or whatever." They get they're gonna have yep. to really work on promoting that team to get it to work there.
2: Absolutely, and you you do bring up a good point about you know. Uh you know involving the community they plan on involving you know the all the minor uh, lacrosse organizations around there and it is in a pretty good spot as i mentioned earlier you're close to six nations uh, the reservation which obviously has a very very heavy influence of lacrosse hamilton uh, has a very strong minor organization you're not too far from oakville burlington guelph kitchener waterloo these are all I don't want to say hotbeds of lacrosse. Uh, Oakville is certainly becoming one, uh, but Guelph, Kitchener, Waterloo, they have some good young programs in minor lacrosse and some junior teams as well. So if you can partner with them and and get the hardcore fans to travel to the games and then, you know, the other half or maybe even a quarter of those other fans that you're bringing in are non-traditional lacrosse fans that just are from Hamilton if you can make some sort of combination of that, that's perfect. But I totally agree with you. I think it's it can't just be the field of dreams. If you build it, they'll come. I think they're going to have to work hard. Luckily, they have a very strong uh, foundation. I think they will. But again, I've said this a, a thousand times, but I'll say it again. The way it started concerns me. But I have faith in the organization. I have faith in Jamie Dowick, the owner, and just the product of the National Lacrosse League that they're going to be able to mend this and this is going to be a successful uh, turnover.
1: Okay. Well, this is what this is one of the things I wanted to bring up, I guess, because it got released yesterday. So um, thank you for answering a Absolutely. lot of my questions and all that. So I appreciate it. Um, no Pat, I. Know I I know I've had you on before with IG, but a lot of my audience, I haven't really had you on this platform before. So the, one of the questions I was going to ask you, if you could just tell my audience just a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, I, uh, right now, so uh, as you mentioned, uh, I am the color analyst for the Halifax Thunderbirds, uh, the national lacrosse league team, one of the newest uh, franchises. Um, I also work with Cool Bet Canada, and, um, uh, a sports book here in Canada. Uh, I do their social media and marketing. Um, and yeah, so I've been broadcasting. I went to school at the College of Sports Media uh, for two years. It was a uh, postgraduate program before that. Uh, I was at Medai College um, for four years. I played uh, D- uh, Division three lacrosse down there and studied communications. Um, so uh, broadcasting has been a passion of mine for a long time. Um, actually, In between, I I took a year off in between grade 12 and and when I went away to school to kind of weigh my options. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I had some different offers from different schools, but they all had different programs. So uh, I took just a, a, a volunteer position with the Ajax Attack, which was a uh, provincial Junior A uh, hockey team at the time, they no longer do exist. They actually amalgamated with the Pickering Panthers. Um, but I, I you know, did some color commentary for them and I really fell in love with broadcasting from there. So I decided to go to, to Medai, play lacrosse, obviously, but uh, took the communications program. And ever since then, broadcasting has been a major, major passion of mine. Um, I've spent some other jobs as well. Um, I work for Channel 12 in Oshawa here as the uh, sports anchor and uh, d- sports director. Um, then that sports or that uh, station was taken over by Global, um, so the station did fold. Unfortunately, I then worked uh, for a year uh, for two years with a startup uh, three-on-three professional hockey league called the Three HL Tour, uh, and then uh, I then switched over to Elite Sports Tours and uh, was their marketing in a uh, uh, marketing manager. That's where I met you, Chris. So I was in charge of all the marketing, social media, and some business development as well. Um, with, uh, elite sports tours, the biggest sports travel company in Canada. Um, and un- unfortunately, I mean, I loved that job. It was great. Unfortunately for, for me, I didn't get to, to broadcast. So that's where, at least on the side, I was able to do my my NLL broadcasting. So I was broadcasting on the side with the National Lacrosse League and working with Elite Sport Tours, doing some awesome content creation, doing videos, photos, uh, social media work, being able to go to awesome trips uh, like uh, the one that we went on in, in uh, Lambeau. So that was a, a really cool experience. And Then now I find myself at uh, Cool Bet Canada as well um, where I'm able to, to create content uh, and and do some business development, some marketing and social media. So uh, pretty long winded answer, but hopefully that
1: answered it uh, for you. Yep. I even got the website on here too, if people want to check it out. Beautiful, beautiful. I appreciate no that, problem. Chris. Okay, you already answered my second question, so that's great. Uh, This next question, just for my audience, um, like I said, I have a lot of Americans on here too. Uh, Can you just tell us a a little bit about the National Lacrosse League and when uh, the uh, NLL plans to start up ideally?
2: Yeah. So um, the National Lacrosse League actually, believe it or not, uh, I believe was founded in the mid-80s. So it's been around for a long, long time, but it's kind of had some up and downs in its popularity. But um, if, you, like you said, there's probably a lot of Americans on here. Uh, When you think lacrosse, a lot of them probably think field lacrosse, but actually the National Lacrosse League is the indoor game or box lacrosse, like we call it up here um, in Canada. There's teams in Canada. uh, There are some American teams as well. um, And it is the premier lacrosse league in uh, box lacrosse. So um, and uh, the opening weekend, uh, I believe it's in, i know it's in uh, december i want to say december 3rd and 4th is the target date right now obviously everything's up in the air um we lost uh, a season and a half now so uh, hopefully everything fingers crossed um everything you know vaccinations border all that stuff they can figure it out uh and hopefully come start of uh, December we're able to, to to play some lacrosse again I can get back to Halifax um and uh, call some lacrosse games because uh it's exciting it really is exciting obviously I played lacrosse uh, I coach lacrosse lacrosse obviously a big time passion of mine but what the people in Halifax have been able to do uh just injecting so much energy in that building um, it really gives you that adrenaline rush that you miss from playing or that you sometimes get from coaching as well, too. So uh, believe it or not, even the broadcasters, when you're you're calling a game, um, you can get that adrenaline rush, too, from the fans.
1: I was going to say, and it's what an 18, 18-game 18 schedule, I think. Uh, yes. Nine, nine home games and nine road games.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So nine nine home games, nine road games, uh, predominantly played on the weekend. Um, similar to CFL, a lot of these guys do have full time jobs, jobs. Um, o- on the side or part time jobs that they do during the week as well, and that's how they can balance it out. But uh, the commissioner Nick Sakevich, actually, he his plan is that you know, at, at one point that. These guys are going to be able to, to you play full time, not have to worry about full time jobs. That this will be their their major job, so they can train full time. And these guys are doing it all. All you know, they're training. They're playing, and they also have full-time jobs as well. It's pretty remarkable. So I, I think we're still a little bit away from there. I would say maybe five, six, or at most ten years. But we're getting to a point with more teams coming into the league um, that they're going to be able to play, pay these guys enough money where they don't have to worry about part-time jobs or full-time jobs. How many
1: teams are in the league right now currently?
2: Um. So there are – oh, geez um, –
1: I was going to say here.
2: it's been so long, Uh, I believe. So there's four in the east, four in the north, and five in the west, I want to say.
1: I should have looked into that. Sorry, I should have looked into it. I, I can't remember. Well, I, I should know.
2: I can't yeah. remember because it's been so long. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, I think, yeah, so... 12. I think there's 12. And then uh, another team's coming in next year, uh, Panthers City, which uh, yes, is actually yes. Fort Worth. So I believe, yeah. yeah so I, I believe that gets them up. Yeah. And then uh, there there is some, some news floating around that there could be one or two other expansion teams uh, coming in as well. Do you think
1: any more Canadian expansion or are they going to be American expansion?
2: Well, I think the next group of teams that will be getting uh, announced, I think at least one of them is probably going to be an American team, but it would not surprise me if, you know, a team like Edmonton, I know they want to try to balance it out. As I mentioned, there's so there's eight teams right now in the East and only five um, in the West. So they want to be able to balance it out, I believe. Um, so I, 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 if I, if I had to guess, like an Edmonton would probably be a good spot. I know it's in the east, but Montreal, Ottawa, they've been rumored as well. I would like to see maybe even a, a Winnipeg team. I think they would be able to support a franchise for sure. So, um, if I had to guess, I would say that would be the next Canadian team would be Edmonton, maybe. Uh, but Montreal, I think, I think uh, Vegas, obviously an Amer- our American team. That's certainly uh, uh, a hot spot. They've already played um, a regular season game there. So there clearly is interest uh, down in Sin City. So Vegas probably would be one. Um, Edmonton, I would say, would be one. And then either Montreal or Ottawa. I know uh, Montreal was very, very close actually to getting a team uh, when New England, the Black Wolves, switched over to Albany um, just this past uh, summer or um, just this past was it uh, a couple months ago, I would say. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, if, if one of those teams, if Montreal gets a a real good look, because they were very, very serious about moving to Montreal. Unfortunately, just due to COVID, it was a a little bit too difficult to get things
1: done. Okay. Do you know how much an expansion fee, like what the, uh, if they were going to have an expansion team, how much the fee would be?
2: Chris, I I wish I knew. I have no idea. Okay. is oh, it'd be too much for you and I to pool our money together and buy a team.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, okay. Um, so what's the smallest market right now currently? Is it Halifax the smallest market in the National Cross League?
2: Yeah, I would say I would say that Halifax is probably the smallest market. Um Saskatoon would probably be in the running as well. I'm not too sure what the population size would be for um, for Saskatoon. I'm trying to think Um, Rochester is a a relatively small Small market. market. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And, but then, then you have, you know, then you have some, some bigger sizes, obviously Buffalo, Colorado, Colorado, uh, San Diego, Calgary, Vancouver. So for the most part, they are pretty big markets, but Halifax, Rochester, and, and Saskatchewan or Saskatoon, I should say, that's where it is located. Um, those would be the other the other smaller markets.
1: Okay. My next question I wanted to ask you, Pat, is just like I said, some of my audience might not know about lacrosse. Can you just briefly describe how a game works in regards to periods, halftime, overtime, period, uh, penalties, et cetera? Yeah, sure. So
2: um, there's four and then at least we'll go National Lacrosse League rules. So there's four quarters, um, 15 minutes. uh, So you also have a halftime as well. Um, For penalties, think of it very similar to lacrosse. So it's minors and, and majors. So you can have your slashes, you can have a trip. Uh, there's no cross-checking penalties because that's actually one of the ways that you do defend. You do cross-check um, to keep your your, your uh, offensive player away, um, you know, unsportsmanlike. You get a five-minute major for fighting, five-minute major for boarding, headshots. Um, so it's very similar to lacrosse. When I'm explaining, you know, the game and the rules to a lot of people, I say um, the way that the, the, the game is structured – Um, you know, it being in an arena, um, it being very physical, wearing similar hockey helmets, uh, the penalty structure, very similar to hockey. And I think a lot of people think it's, Oh, it's just hockey on turf. You know, the changes, you know, going on and off on the fly. A lot of people assume it's hockey, but the actual strategy of the game is very, very similar to basketball. A lot of pick and rolls, a lot of screens, Um, you know, you free up a guy to get an open shot from the inside. You have guys that are better on the inside, better guys that are outside shooters, um, transition offense as well. So it's very, very similar to basketball. The defense is very similar as well. Um, it's, you know, sometimes you play a zone, sometimes it's man on man, or it's like a hybrid, um, you know, your footwork, your, your communication, very, very similar um, uh, to basketball. So I would say you blend those two sports together. Uh, you, you take the skates off, you get rid of the hard court, and you put some turf down. Um, that's very similar. And then obviously hockey, the similarity too is, you know, you're shooting on a goal instead of yeah. a basket and basketball. You yeah. have a stick in your hand. Yeah. Um, the goalies are much, much bigger, uh, but the nets are much, much smaller. So, smaller. The it's game, a com- Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's a combination of a little bit of hockey and basketball.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, okay. and I, th- I think if, if you're a fan of, of either sport, you can absolutely become a fan. Uh, I think more generally, um, you know, hockey fans kind of gravitate to it because of the, the physical aspect. Uh, but I had friends that, you know, in high school, um, that I played high school lacrosse with that they were on the basketball team and our coach asked them to come out and they said, I, I, I don't know. I don't have the stick skills. Well, you don't need to have the stick skills because you're going to be a defender well, I don't know about that. Well, it's because you're going to have great footwork, and they ended up being, you know, pretty good, pretty good defenders because they have that footwork. And I, I just a lot, of just assume, oh, hockey, lacrosse, very similar skill sets. Yes, there are some, um, but there's a lot more basketball in it than uh, than than a lot of people realize.
1: Okay, shot clock. Oh, is it twenty? Se- is there a shot clock, and is it twenty seconds? Thirty seconds. So 30, it's a Thirty. Okay.
2: Second shot clock. Um, uh, and then when uh, the other team, when a, when you're on a power play, or sorry, when you're on the penalty kill, um, the the shot clock does still run. So you can rag out the ball as much as you can, and then the shot clock will run. Um, you know, you have to get the ball over within eight seconds all across half, so you can't really just take your time, chew up clock that way. So um, the shot clock definitely, it, it, you know, increases you to try to go to net, create offense, uh, and, and score um but uh yeah, so that's another aspect as well similar to basketball.
1: okay uh, my next question I was going to ask you Pat uh it might be hard to answer this since they haven't played in what a year now yeah. but right now going into this season the 2021 or the 2022 season, who are the favorites in your opinion to win the uh, NL or what is it NLLC uh championship? So
2: this is tough. Like you said, they haven't played in a long, long time. So that's, that's definitely difficult. I think the Halifax Thunderbirds, are not, I'm not saying this because uh, you know, they, they signed my paychecks, but I do truly believe that uh, if you know, COVID-19 didn't happen, they would have had a very, very good chance um, to be champions uh, and, and win their first title in their first season. Um, but obviously, you know un- unforeseen circumstances allowed uh, you know other ideas. So I think I think every single player that they had last year are under contract. They've signed, and they've also brought in a couple of really good players as well on the defensive side of the ball. They brought in uh, one very young defender, Tyson Bell. Uh, from St. Catharines, Ontario, a fast transition, uh, tenacious defender, and a little bit of an older guy, David Brock, uh, from uh, Burlington, uh, veteran presence. And then they also brought in uh, a forward, Stefan LeBlanc, who uh, actually lives in Halifax, so it's kind of cool. He's not uh, originally from Halifax, but he lives there now. So he's going to be a guy that uh, I think the fans are going to gravitate to. So they improved. They brought everyone back. You know, uh, they don't have too many guys where I think the 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 year and a half is gonna really hurt them. There's maybe one or two guys that after this season now they they may retire, but they're not going to because they have a chance to, to win a championship. And I will pick someone else, obviously, too, because I can't just go with the the uh, the bias here. But uh, I would say normally um the Saskatchewan Rush. Uh, But there's a lot of limbo with with contracts uh, right now because they lost a full season. So right now there's a lot of discussion with the CBA if do players lose that year of their contract? If they were in their last year, last season, which was supposed to happen, do they become a free agent? So there's a lot of discussions now and I want to say, Chris, about half of Saskatchewan's roster uh, was either a restricted or unrestricted free agent. Uh, So If that was to happen, Saskatchewan would have a lot of work to do, so they probably wouldn't be my pick. If they do decide that last year's lost season doesn't count against them um, in contracts, then 100%. This is a team that year after year – Consistent, uh, and it starts all the way from the top. The general manager and coach Derek Keenan does a f- fantastic job, not only coaching in games, but uh, drafting, developing talent. Uh, and he's actually handed over the reins. Uh, he will no longer be the coach there anymore, but he's going to stay as the general manager. Um, So they're a team that obviously, if they can figure out their contract situation, I I would say Toronto would always, always be in the mix. They're a young team uh, built from the back end, a great goalie in Nick Rose, a strong defense, and uh, maybe I'll pick another team from the West. Let's say San Diego. San Diego is a young, up-and-coming team, but they do have some veterans. Um, uh, Their captain, Brody Merrill, actually, is uh, one of the greatest defenders to play the game of lacrosse. He doesn't have too many years left, and he's never won a championship. So there's a lot of talk that uh, the front office this year wants to really go at it, maybe make some big trades in the offseason here, uh, maybe go out for a big free agent and try to to finally win a championship for Merrill.
1: Okay. Um, two other things I wanted to ask you. Um, do they have a, a players association with the National Lacrosse League?
2: Like
0: yes, a, a
1: union?
2: Yeah, so it's called the Players, uh, the Professional Lacrosse Players Association, the PLPA. Uh, and they do a, a very good job representing um, the players. They actually just elected a new president and VP, uh, two young players, um, very smart players as well. To the one, um, Zach Courier is the president. He went to Princeton, a uh, very, very smart man. Uh, and Reed Reinhold, the VP, who's actually a lawyer, so in his part-time job he 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 or full-time job he's a lawyer and plays lacrosse as well. So pretty interesting combination. So those two guys are now taking over the PLPA, uh, and the the old regime was great, uh, but they were non-players that were helping the PLPA. So they 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 felt that they wanted to get the players, um, you know, to represent. They felt that they because of their background because. You know, reads a, a lawyer. Well, he's also a player too, so he sees the legal side and also the player side, so he's going to be able to help out. And they also, the agents uh, also are, are heavily involved in the PLPA as well.
1: Okay. Uh, this is one question I forgot to ask you before. How many players on a current roster, and do they have a taxi squad too, sort of like the uh, hockey, the NHL? So, uh, so, yes. So you have – so you can dress um, –
2: 18, so it's 18 players um, per game, Uh, and then you have, uh, I believe, it's three, two or three healthy scratches. Um, uh, and then uh, it's not called a taxi squad, but it's essentially a taxi call squad. It's called the the, uh, the practice roster. So you have a okay. couple of practice roster players. Yeah. Uh, normally, those are local guys that are in the area that, uh, you know, that are ready to go just in case something happens. Um, you can make movement, get, you know, str- scratching guys, putting them down to the practice roster. Um, but then it also allows, you know, similar to waivers, where they can go and get picked up. Um, they also have injured reserve lists as well. To what um, they call it, the physically unfit uh, to play, uh, the pop list. So, uh, you know, if a guy's injured long term, he can go on that that injured reserve as well. And then they'll call someone up from the practice roster.
1: Okay. Uh, My next question, I want to ask you, Pat, because I know we got the NFL uh, schedule getting released at eight o'clock. So I want to try to get you off before eight o'clock. How did you again uh, come across becoming the color analyst for the uh, Halifax Thunderbirds?
2: Yeah, so um, I, I did a lot of other lacrosse broadcasting, you know, before Halifax approached me to uh, to be their color analyst. So um, I, I filled in for some Toronto Rock games, actually. Um, Andy McNamara and uh, Brian Shanahan, Brendan Shanahan's uh, uh, brother, actually, yeah. does the uh, the color commentating uh, for for the Toronto Rock. So there's a few times where he either wasn't able to go. Uh, the one time I know it was a TSN broadcast that was coming in to do the game. So they did the TSN broadcast and we did the online uh, broadcast for people that were watching at home or watching in the States. Um, So I I did that a few times, put that on my demo reel. Uh, I did a lot of summer lacrosse with uh, you know, the major series lacrosse, which is actually a league that a lot of the guys in the NL play during the summer and they compete for the man cup, which is actually one of the oldest trophies uh, in all of, of sports. Uh, very prestigious. Uh, actually, if you ask some guys in the NLL, um, they say that you know to win the uh, you know the Man Cup, it's almost as prestigious, if not more prestigious, than winning the uh, the NLL title. Did a lot of junior a lacrosse as well, so kind of tried to build up my my demo reel and build up just. You know, staying on social media, um, you know, building my brand, if you will, uh within the game of lacrosse, reporting on things, uh, commenting on, on the league, just kind of just, you know, having my face out there. And uh a friend of mine who works with Halifax reached out to me and said, you know, would you be willing to uh, you know, come out to every home game for Halifax and, and, and do color commentary. And I said, absolutely hundred percent. I would love to. So he hooked me, hooked me up with the owner and uh, the, the, the president there um, it was a quick discussion. They said, they really, you know, liked my work, wanted me to come on and, you know, the rest is history and I, I can't thank them enough uh, for, for bringing me on. Uh, it's been, I know it's only been not even a full year, but it's been an, an amazing, amazing uh, experience. Uh, my play-by-play partner, Pete Dalladay, is—he's uh, an unbelievable broadcaster. He also does the Peterborough Peets, and he's done it for a very, very long time. Uh, He—he's world class. I think he could be, uh, you know, an NHL uh, play-by-play guy if he really wanted to. He's—he's he's a pro. He's unbelievable. Um, and I really, I really have enjoyed my time, and I, I just can't wait to get back to lacrosse uh, to start calling games in Halifax again.
1: Do you think they will have if if, if everything goes good in November, or beginning of December? Do you think they will have like one or two preseason games or some kind of scrimmage? I think they'll. So
2: generally, actually, in the NLL, they don't really do "quote unquote" exhibition games. It's it's more like scrimmages. Okay. Um, but I I, I would hope so because you know unlike you know in in, like, the NHL, uh, you know, in the NFL, like, you know, preseason games aren't everyone's favorite. But in lacrosse, like, it, and they don't, the players don't like these scrimmages as well. But with all that being said, these guys have been off for for so long. And the veterans, you know what, they don't, you know, it doesn't really matter for them. But you're going to have two full draft classes to pick just a couple of spots for, Right. So how are you going to decide – you haven't had a game in over – it's going to be almost two years at this point. It'll be like wow. a year and a half, let's say. Yeah. And you're going to have two full draft classes to decide maybe three, four spots, if that. The best way – and training camp's going to – obviously you're going to be able to see. But even a scrimmage, that's where you're going to really notice guys. And so I think for, for the young guy's sake, for those rookies that are coming in, I hope – That they do at least a couple of scrimmages because uh, it would be awful to see some of these guys that maybe got drafted last year's class end up losing out and because there's no scrimmage and maybe they didn't have a great training camp and they end up getting cut. But, you know, they're a player that that's a guy that, you know, really can showcase himself, you know, in game action. So I hope they'll do it. There hasn't really been much discussion of it. And, Chris, that's a great question. That's something that actually I might, um, reach out to a couple of people and see if, uh, if they've even discussed that yet.
1: Like you said, I'm still learning about the league and I'm trying to pick your brain about it too. Cause like I said, I was always brought up with the major four sports, but before all this COVID happened, I was planning on going to a game in Buffalo and I got uh, canceled against Saskatchewan. So I'm hoping now by the end of this year, I'll be able to come down to Hamilton and check out a rock game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, don't get me wrong, Chris, like uh, going to a Buffalo Bandits game is awesome. They have one of the best atmospheres yes. there. When I went to school down at Mediah, it is, you know, in just the outskirts of Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so we spent a lot, you know, we're literally just outside downtown, I should say. Went to a lot of Bandits games, and they are a ton, a ton of fun. But, you know, you're in Guelph, so that's like what, 40, 45 minutes away 40, from you? Yeah,
1: about 45 minutes from uh, the uh, for I keep calling it the Cops Coliseum, but First Ontario Centre. Yeah,
2: I get it. I know. Hey, it's I, I kept calling it the Cops as well too, but yeah, yeah. it's First Ontario. But okay. yeah, it's, uh, you, you got to check it out. I, it would be, you know, you're really, really going to enjoy it. And, you know, yeah, bu- going to Buffalo would have been fun, but um, now you, it's just, you know, 45 minutes away. Yep. Uh, it'd be a much cheaper night as well. So I, I think you really should do it.
1: Definitely. Okay, Uh, just a couple more questions for you, Pat, sure. I want to get you out of here before 8 o'clock. Uh, this one I wanted to ask you about. Can you tell my audience, and even a, a, for me too, a little bit about CoolBet Canada and how you ended up working for CoolBet?
2: yeah sure so i just to you know to, to simply enough i just saw the job posting online and um you know applied for the job um ended up you know pretty long interview process did a couple interviews and um yeah so i ended up uh ended up with the job there as for Coolbet, yeah we're uh you know we we pride ourselves on being the uh most transparent sports book um in uh on the internet so we're you know we're we're if you want to place a bet for, let's say the NFL, the CFL, whatever it is, you can come to us, uh, and that's where you'll place your bets. We also have an online casino uh, and um, poker as well, too. So, um, and obviously, uh, yeah, it's a, it's 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 a job. I'll, what I do, though, is the content side. So, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the betting lines, who, who my picks are, some of our guests will bring on um, some different personalities from the sports broadcasting um, landscape here in Canada. You know, I've done done some shows, uh, for, for some golf, uh, for, for some NHL, uh, I wasn't in on it. I produced it, but some curling, like you can even, you know, bet on curling as well too. Like, uh, the, the, the options
1: are really endless when it comes to, uh, the sports book. And I even put the website down here too, for, uh, anybody that wants to check out cool bet. I appreciate that. I appreciate no problem. No problem. Okay, and then I just got a couple more questions, but these are NFL questions for you because I know you're a huge Buffalo Bills fan. Absolutely. So I just wanted your thoughts on the 2021 NFL draft, and quickly how your Buffalo Bills did in the draft, and what grade you'd give uh, Buffalo General Manager Brandon Bean. You know what?
2: I was I was really really pleased with uh, with what the Buffalo bills um, did this year at the draft. I know we've talked about it before. Um, I know you've talked about it to your guests with all your, your Buffalo guests that you've been having on lately, which is awesome. Um, I've really been enjoying that obviously as a guy that a, you know, lived in Buffalo Yeah. And, you know, uh, I interned for Channel 7, so a lot of these guys that we've had on, I've seen them at the arenas. It was, you know, years ago when I was just an intern going to the to the rink or going over to the practice facility. So uh, to see all those guys, uh, it's pretty cool to see that you're getting these awesome guests. Uh, but for back to what they did, I, I really enjoyed it. I, as I said, you know, we've talked about it multiple times. They needed to get better. Uh, on the defensive line they had to have a better uh, pass rush that was one of the glaring issues um, that they clearly had um, you know pretty much in I don't want to say all season long but uh, there was any of those close games or games where they ended up losing they just had no pressure on the quarterback and as you know to have a successful defense if you can build that strong defensive line it just alleviates so much pressure you know off the linebackers and off your secondary and it just makes things easier so they go out um, get Greg Rousseau who uh, you know didn't even play last year uh, for Miami and I think that's a little bit of a blessing because I think that if he ended up playing a full season last year and didn't opt out due to covid This guy could have been, you know, a top 15, maybe even a top 10 pick. Uh, They go out and get Boogie Basham again, another defensive end um, in the second round. And then another couple, I will say it, non-sexy picks with offensive tackles. And, you know, you you grab an offensive tackle in the third and the fifth round. Like, I mean, I don't think they really have that many holes in their team. Uh, but they address some needs that they needed to. I think on offense, they're pretty set. I would have liked to see them maybe address the running back situation. But if you can build your offensive line a little bit stronger, that's gonna make your, you know, your running running backs a little stronger. But with that being said, the guys that were on the board in that first round, I did not want them to go and trade up. Um, for a Travis ETN, Uh, I, I just really didn't think, you know, that that was the main need. I liked how they stayed, put. they stuck with the plan. They got a couple of defensive ends, the first two rounds, something that they needed. And I think that, you know, maybe they can address the running back situation in other ways. Um, but I think, you know, if I had to give them a grade, I would say maybe a B plus,
1: Yeah, um, I like Singleton, but he's a finesse running back. And I I really think what they're going to do this year is use Zach Moss more. And I think if he didn't get hurt last year in the playoffs, I think he could have – they definitely have to get the running game a little bit better because in the playoffs, you know this, uh, you need a – you have to have a two-dimensional offense. And that Kansas City game, they were completely one-dimensional. And yeah, you don't want Allen – I know the guy can scramble and he's one of the best runnings. But you don't want him getting hurt doing that too much. So I I really think what they did was pretty good. But you're right. I think if the running game struggles to start the season, they might maybe address address that situation by October. And they don't have to be a tremendous running team. They just can't be
2: one of these teams where other teams know, hey, they are not going to hand the ball off. If anyone's going to be running the ball, it's going to be Josh Allen on a designed run, or they're just going to, you know, hand the ball off a couple of times. Um, but like, you know, using, maybe using those guys out of the backfield a little more with screens. And that's a little bit of an extension of the running game. So they just need to get a little more creative. They don't have to be just completely changed their motive of their team. And become this power running team because that's not who they are. They have all these offensive weapons um, at receiver. Uh, you know, Diggs, obviously, what a pickup yep, he yep. was last year. The chemistry between him and Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you know, you don't want him to run the ball that much, but that's one of his skill sets. Yes, if he can scramble, if you can get some design runs out of him, that's great. But if you can get some you know, alleviate some of that pressure and keep teams on their toes with a guy like Moss, Singletary. Let's keep exactly. in mind they're both young guys too. They still exactly. have some time to develop, and you know if they they improve their offensive line a little bit here with the draft, maybe maybe their running game gets a little better as well.
1: Okay, last question, Freya, and uh, just besides Buffalo, but who are your uh, Super Bowl contenders for the twenty twenty one season? <sighs>
2: Ooh. So well, besides Buffalo's yeah.
1: teams that I, okay. are four uh, other teams, yeah.
2: Okay. So obviously I'll say Buffalo's one. So four other teams. I would say, you know, Kansas City. I think that uh, they were right there. Um, obviously they struggled in the, the Super Bowl, um, but I don't think Patrick Mahomes was fully healthy. Also their offensive line was absolutely banged up. They were missing a lot of key guys on the O-line. I think they addressed that in the draft, or sorry, in the uh, the offseason, uh, and I also think they're going to be a little bit more healthy, um, so Kansas City there, uh, I think it all depends what's going on with Green Bay, if Aaron Rodgers, if they can kind of figure out what's going on there and mend that relationship, I would throw them in the mix. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen there. So let's say wherever Aaron Rodgers ends up, I think they can be a Super Bowl contender. And I think it's crazy to say this, but I, well, I actually did. I, I didn't even say the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers have a chance to go back to back as well. Um, obviously Brady's getting older, uh, but each and every year, whenever we think he's too old, he proves us wrong. Um, and let's be honest, uh, he doesn't have to do too much. Uh, With that defense, what we saw in the playoffs, it was unbelievable. Uh, That defense is something special. Uh, I think that uh, they have something really special, um, you know, in Tampa Bay right now. So I would probably put the Buccaneers there. And maybe as another wild card, I'll throw it out. I think the the Rams, you know, going out and getting uh, Matt Stafford, obviously, Mm -hmm. he's a guy that kind of, you know, he's always put put up big numbers, but has never been able to get the Lions um, to that next step. but. I don't think it's because of, you know, the inability to be a good quarterback for the lions. I think it's just a, the lions are, are are a little bit of a dumpster fire. Let's be honest. And, uh, they never really did a good job addressing their offensive line. Um, you know, since Calvin Johnson retired, they really yeah. never went out and got him a, a number one receiver. So I think if you put him in LA where he has a great offensive line, some yeah. pretty good targets. And again, as we said, what do we, what was the, what was the Buccaneers? They were, you know, they were an unbelievable defense. Well, the Rams yeah. have a very good defense as well too. Yeah. And the Rams almost won a Super Bowl, um, you know, a, you know, two years ago yeah. with, uh, you know, a, and Jared Goff's an okay quarterback, but he's you know Matt Stafford's a better quarterback than him, and they have better you know better weapons um, now. So I, I think they're a team that maybe could be a dark horse. Uh, I think there is a big drop off. There's probably only about five or six teams that I think legitimately have a chance, and after that, it's kind of just you know in limbo. And there's some there's some solid teams, but I just think those five teams, six teams at the top, are just so much better than everyone else.
1: Okay, yeah, and I just got it on here too. The NFL uh, Thursday night game will be Tampa Bay hosting uh, the Cowboys. So this works out for me because I can't see Dallas going into Tampa Bay beating Brady. So I'm so happy. I, I, like I said, I want to see Dallas lose. So I, I think this, you know what, it's going to be interesting too to see how the Bucks come out as Super Bowl champs. They're not going to be some dark horse anymore. And we'll see how Dak uh, Prescott uh, comes plays in his first game back from his injury.
2: Yeah and and you know what I, I should have brought this up but you know just even looking at the betting lines right now at coolbet.com the Chiefs right now they're the favorites um the Buccaneers are second and believe it or not which is pretty surprising the San Francisco 49ers are uh, are the third favorites right now uh to be uh, super bowl champions which is pretty crazy to think yes they've got a great defense they've got some good offensive weapons but yep. what are you going to go in with trey lance you're going to think that he can win a super bowl in his first year that's that's pretty hard hard to believe but you know what uh talking about you know that division there with with your eagles and um you know i i think that division's up for grabs um, i agree i totally player. agree it's totally up And I think it's going to be – it's not going to be as bad as a division as we saw last year. I think Washington will be improved. I think the Eagles yes. definitely will be improved. And yes, Dallas, on paper, they look like this great team. But yep. uh, every year they just disappoint, disappoint, disappoint. And, uh, you know, the relationship between Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, um, you know, yes, he got his contract. But I don't know. It just seems like they're not really sold on him being, being that guy, right? So yep. – I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think this is going to be one of the more interesting NFL seasons that we see uh, in a long time. I thought last year was great. I think this year will be even better.
1: Definitely, um, Pat. I'm going to let you go because I know the NFL things coming on in a couple of minutes. But we, we can um, play too, so yes, I'm going to watch it too. I just want to say I hope I can have you come on again, maybe in the in the in the summer or before yeah. uh, football season starts, and we can talk a little more NFL and maybe a little more lacrosse as well. Absolutely, Chris, and
2: I know you're so used to asking all the questions. I'm going to ask you a question. The NHL playoffs are just, you know, around the corner. Who's your pick uh, to win the Stanley Cup?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be Vegas and Tampa Bay, and uh, I still got to go with the champs. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay over Vegas, but don't call, don't count the Colorado Avalanche out out of the West. Yeah, yeah. But right now, Tampa Bay, Vegas
2: okay i like that you know what to be totally honest i think whoever wins that second and it's crazy that we're going to see them play each other just the way that the bracket works um with i think whoever wins that series against colorado and vegas is going to go all the way win the west uh, and i think they will probably be the team uh the team to win the cup so vegas tampa bay that's a great great uh call for you there chris the only thing is that first round uh, for for Tampa is going to be tough with Florida. They played each other obviously a ton of times this year with yeah. the interdivision play, and Florida's played them tight, and it's been physical, especially the last couple of games. Lots of fights, uh, lots of hitting. So you know, you know, maybe a little bit of adversity in the first round wouldn't be a terrible thing for for the Bolts. We saw two years ago when they got knocked out uh, by Columbus. I think that really lit a fire. But uh, they're they're a special team. Uh, I think obviously. Um, you know, probably not as solid as a regular season as a lot of people thought. Um, but as you know, Chris, it really doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. As long as you get into the playoffs, anything can happen.
1: Definitely. And I was going to say, um, can you just tell P- I got you on here, but uh, for Twitter, can you just tell people where they can follow you Get on social media as well? Yeah, absolutely.
2: So as you see on the bottom at P Greggy uh, at Twitter, so at P Greggie, And on Instagram, you can get me at pgreggy22. So, uh unfortunately someone took p greggy on instagram haven't been able to weasel it off them so add the 22 at the end of p greggy for instagram and uh you can follow um the cool bet canada account at cool bet canada uh and that's where most of my content my betting content comes out and uh next week we probably will have a north division preview show um on our social media uh platforms talking about the playoffs for the north division because obviously Playoffs kind of start this weekend with some of the other divisions. So myself and Andrew Patterson um, from Winnipeg Sports Talk will be breaking down all the betting lines uh, for Cool Bet Canada.
1: Okay. Anyway, Todd, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll get you on again maybe in July or August and we'll talk more NFL and uh, Major League Baseball. We'll do a little more of that next time. We didn't really talk a lot about that tonight. But the lacrosse stuff, that was great. I really appreciate you uh, explaining it to me and my audience on here. No problem, Chris.
2: Hopefully, uh, yeah the summer we can do that again no problem talk a little football and um hopefully by the summer uh we have a a solid update of where you know the if that december date is going to actually be um ready for the national lacrosse league and maybe we'll do a little bit of a season preview for the nll
1: okay well thanks a lot pat and we'll talk to you soon we'll keep in touch
2: take care chris keep up the good work buddy
1: thank you so much have a good night pat anyways guys i hope you enjoyed my interview with uh pat gregor uh gregor from um canada and the uh, color analyst from the national lacrosse leagues uh halifax uh, thunderbirds uh you can check out their uh, halifax thunderbirds.com and the national lacrosse league you can google it as well and um i'm hoping to go to a game at some point this year in either hamilton and buffalo so uh before i go we'll just talk a little bit about the eagles Uh, i know the nfl uh uh, the schedule is coming out right now. Um, some of it was leaked earlier today. So for any of my Eagle fans on here, um, the Eagles will open up the season at Atlanta on September 12th at one o'clock on Fox. Then, uh, week two, their home openers against those San Francisco 49ers at one o'clock at the link. And then week three on, uh, Monday night football on ESPN. They, uh, the Eagles go down to Dallas and take on Dex Prescott's in the, uh, Dallas Cowboys so uh it's going to be an interesting start to the season for the Eagles because the Falcons in Atlanta that's going to be a tough game and then the Niners and Jimmy G are going to be a tough game too so uh the first three games are going to be pretty uh, uh tough uh for the Eagles so we'll see what happens there guys uh just before I go I'm just going to read the comment section and let's see Mark Richardson hi Chris hi Mark thanks for coming on uh trevor spencer who always watches me too good show good guest i'm glad you're doing other sports besides hockey and american and canadian football thanks trevor and uh let's see trevor i did not know there were so many different rules in lacrosse neither did i so i'm learning something too and the last comment mark richardson Good guests can't wait for the National Lacrosse League to start up. Again, you can check them out on uh, just Google National Lacrosse League or you can check out HalifaxThunderbirds.com. And uh, I really appreciate uh, uh, Pat coming on. And, guys, I've got a bonus show tomorrow. And I'm going to put this guy's picture on here. But I've got a special Thursday night edition of a 30 Minutes Live with CDP podcast tomorrow night at 6 o'clock Eastern three on the west coast i have uh detroit red Wings center and uh 2018 first round draft pick 30th overall by ken holland before he left the red wings i have joe valino uh who played his uh, junior a hockey in quebec i uh, was drafted by the saint john sea dogs and then he was traded to drummondville he was also one of five kids ever to ever play in junior hockey at the age of 15. Uh, He was granted uh, an exceptional uh, exception. Uh, What what do you call it? An exemption. And he actually got to play in Quebec Junior Hockey League when he was 15 years old. So I was talking to Joe, and uh, nice guy. He's going to come on tomorrow night at 6 o'clock for half an hour. So uh, hopefully you guys can tune in tomorrow uh, between six and six 30 and watch my interview with uh, Joe Valano. And one of my questions will be is how was it with, uh, playing your first national hockey league game with the Red Wings and scoring his first goal with the Red Wings against Columbus. So I hope you guys can all tune in uh, tomorrow night to, uh, Joe Valano. And then I've got another show, uh, just one sec guys. And I get another show on Friday night and I'm going to promote this person right here too. And, uh, Friday night, I've got uh, my third of uh, triple hitter. Friday night at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 on the West Coast, Aaron Sanders, uh, the play-by-play live streaming voice of the National Basketball League of Canada's Windsor Express. So uh, This gentleman's going to come on and talk about the uh, NBL of Canada and he's also going to talk about Windsor Express and his career. If you guys want to check him out, you can check him out, Aaron Sanders on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and you can also check out his demo work on YouTube. Just Google, uh, or type in Aaron Sanders. This guy is, uh, has a very bright future in uh, sports casting and, uh, his work is just amazing and hopefully he gets an opportunity one day uh, to be on uh, SportsNet or TSN or on a US network. He is very good and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Aaron Friday night at eight o'clock about his uh, career, his career uh, broadcasting and also doing public address announcing and also from being from San Antonio, Texas, coming to Canada, how much the adjustment that was and um, tell us a little more about the National Basketball League of Canada and the Windsor Express. So anyways, guys, um, thank you all for coming on here again. I really appreciate everybody watching. And, uh, like I said, guys, um, if you have any more questions or whatever, please feel free to ask. And, uh, like I said, again, we got the, uh, NFL season opener Thursday, September 9th with the world champion Buccaneers hosting Dallas on NBC Thursday night. So I'll look forward to it. All right, guys, I'm going to call it a show. We'll see you tomorrow night at six o'clock with Detroit Red wing center Joe Valeno. Thank thank you again, Pat Gregor, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for watching 30 Minutes Live with CDP. See you tomorrow at 6 o'clock.